another episode of The Wow, the podcast that will help you navigate your way through the world of adulthood and the uncontrollable forces of womanhood. If you are a regular listener of the show, welcome back. And if you are new here, hello, I am Georgina Beasley, your host. I'm based in Canberra. I'm 25 years old. I work in marketing and I love chatting about things that aren't commonly spoken about amongst women and destigmatizing the many things that we face in womanhood. So today, I am here to bring you a beautiful interview with the incredible Colleen Callender. Colleen is the former CEO of Sports Girl Australia, and I feel so privileged and lucky to share with you our wonderful conversation about confidence and leadership. Obviously, Colleen has tremendous years of experience in this area and she shares with us her knowledge and her journey in finding confidence within herself and what makes a good leader. This all comes off the back of the recent book she has launched, Leader by Design, which is now available online. And I do hope you enjoy this one because I certainly did. If you do... I'd love it if you could subscribe, leave a review, share it with all your friends. Doing all that good stuff helps me so much. And if you haven't already, you better come join us on Instagram at thewowpodcast underscore. Hello, Colleen, and welcome to the Wow Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's wonderful to be here with you. Before we begin, I would like to start by acknowledging the Ngunnawal people, the traditional custodians of the land I reside on, and the Bungwaring people of the country that Colleen resides on. I pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging, and I extend that respect to any Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander listeners here today. So Colleen, I am just thrilled to have you on because you have just so much wisdom and knowledge and I am just so honoured to be able to share your voice on my platform. Could you start with sharing a little bit about yourself for those listeners here today that may not have heard of you before? Yeah, sure. Thank you so much, as I said, for having me. And, um, you know, we just had a little chat behind the scenes and, you know, your message and the work you're doing is absolutely phenomenal and, and uh, you know, keep getting that message out there. I love it. So that's that's to you. But um, I'll, I'll start, I'll go back to my when I finished school because that's kind of really where my career began. So I finished school at the end of year 11 and I was so excited because I'd got a summer job. And it was really interesting. My brother had put me up to it. He said, a friend of mine needs someone at the local Just Jeans store um, and said, I'd do the job. And I'm not quite sure why he didn't do it because he had this fabulous summer at the beach and I had this summer that I worked all, all summer. But I loved it and I loved to work and I loved fashion and I loved people and I loved learning and I loved making people happy. And so at the end of that, um, you know, that summer break, I got offered a full-time role by uh, the area manager and I was so excited. And who wouldn't be excited, a 16-year-old girl getting offered a full-time job in the fashion industry? Oh, it's a dream come um, true. It's what every little girl wants to do at that age. (laughs) You know, we stand at the front door of these places and go, oh, I was just excited to even work there. I would have worked there for nothing. You know, I was just so excited to be in this world. And I remember going home and saying to my parents, Um, you know, I'm finishing school, I'm going to work on the shop floor, and I'm going to work as a sales assistant. And, you know, there was a bit of conversation through that. And there was a moment of disappointment I could see on their faces. But through that, the words they left me with were, Cole, 
love what you do, be passionate, work hard and never give up. And those words have stuck with me my entire life. And so there I was, I was a 16-year-old, no formal qualifications, and I entered into this world of retail. And what I realised really quickly, Georgina, is that I needed to get recognised through my results. I was quite an introverted and really shy, shy, um, you know, teenager. So for me, I had to be noticed. So I wanted to win competitions and I wanted to get the best sales results and I wanted my team to be fabulous. And so at 20, I was promoted to the youngest area manager in the Just Jeans uh, business wow. then. At 24, I was the state manager across 54 stores and I had three oh direct goodness. reports. And that's where I stayed for the next four years of my career. And as I climbed that corporate ladder, what I realized is that people were my greatest asset. And um, so when I was then approached in 1999 by Sports Girl, um, I couldn't say no. You know, it was this, this brand that I'd always dreamt of working for. So um, I started there in 1999. And that's where I spent the past 20 years of my career and 13 of those years as CEO, six across Suzanne and seven across Sports Girl. So that's kind of my journey into retail. Mm, you've really, I mean, forged your path in the fashion industry and you're very well known for, for what you do and for inspiring, I think, many young women, the testimonials and things that people have to say with you are just glowing. Um, I'm interested to know, you've recently released your first book, Leader by Design. What was your motivation behind that book? Is it, was it, did you put in a lot of these, the stories of your growing up and what you've learned or what, what was the reasons yeah. behind wanting to write it? Yeah, absolutely. It, it is that exactly. My book is really a part autobiography. So I share my life journey, leaving school at 16 to CEO and everything in between and mm. including, you know, how my upbringing shaped me to the woman and leader I am today. And I credit my parents and my upbringing for a lot of who I am today. And, and really my goal is really to inspire women to step up. It's, it's to inspire women to have a voice, to live with purpose, to believe in themselves and really become the leaders that they want to be and, and start to live this life with real confidence. You know, I really want every woman to find their superpower and embrace that superpower. And I'm going to say to all of your listeners, you do have a superpower and sometimes you might even have two. And in my book is the story of my superpower and, and how I came about to find that. And in my book, there's actually a section to help you find your superpower. So that's part one. It's really about this empowering and inspiring women. And part two of my book is really to inspire organisations to embrace a new era of leadership and one where we lead with kindness and compassion and collaboration and authenticity and one that puts people at the heart of everything they do and one that encourages more women to take the helm. Mm. Um, and, you know, my mission, I talk about my mission as a CEO and, my mission was to engage and empower and inspire, as I've said, and to allow people to bring their best selves to work every day. And it's really interesting. Someone asked me the other day, Cole, what's your mission now? And I said, my mission is absolutely no different. My mission mm -hmm. is exactly the same. It's just I'm doing it in a different forum. You know, I'm doing it via my book. I'm doing it you know, via speaking events, via wonderful podcasts like yourself. Um, you know, and so for me, I really want women to believe in themselves. And, you know, my book really is, is packed with tips and advice and, um, and, you know, insights that are relevant to women of all generations. You know, it doesn't matter whether you're climbing a corporate ladder, whether you're an entrepreneur, a volunteer, an athlete, a student, you know, a mum that's just gone back to work part time. It doesn't matter. I want to inspire all women 
um, you know, to really believe in themselves and start leading in their own lives. I think that's definitely something we can all get behind because, you know, no matter where you are in your life, at some point there will be times that you really struggle to be where you want to be or to get where you want to be. For you, Colleen, has that superpower within you or really finding yourself and finding yourself as a leader come naturally or has that been something that's you've developed and really found within yourself over time? It's been a life journey. Mm. You know, I, I say that we never arrive at anything. I'm never going to arrive and say I'm, an, I'm now the perfect parent. I'm never going to arrive and say I'm now the perfect leader. You know, we are on this journey of learning all the time. I say I'm a, a student of leadership every single day that I'm on this planet. So it is something, you know, leadership's not easy. Great leadership's not easy, but it's damn worth it. One of the stories that I'm quite interested to read in your book, um, the little teaser shares that you talk about a day where you almost threw it all away. Could you touch on this and maybe give us a little bit of a preview as to what you mean by that? Yeah, sure. So in 2007, I was 36 years of age and I had three children by this stage. I had Macy, who was just two. I had Jake, who was 10, and Trent, who was nine. And I'd been at Sports Girl for about eight years, and I was acting general manager at this point. And I can't describe it any other way than I hit a wall. And Mm. I describe myself in my book as this red Ferrari. And, you know, a red Ferrari that was going faster and faster and faster and had never pulled into the pits for a, you know, tyre change, had never put petrol in their car, had never gone in for a service. And, you know, no car is going to work that well if you don't do those things. So Mm. I had this red Ferrari that was just completely broken and the, uh, you know, the tank was empty. Um, So I went home this night after work and I literally walked in the door and said to my husband, I'm done. That were my words. And um, I'm a very all or nothing kind of person. So I'm Mm. quite black and white. And, you know, if I made a decision, I've made a decision. That's it. And I said, I'm done. And I've got an awesome husband who's really supportive. So I went in the next day to resign. And luckily for me, I was talked out of that idea. And (laughs) instead, I took four months off. Uh, And I went and, you know, repaired that red Ferrari and put some fuel in the tank and did all of those things. And then I returned four months later um, as the CEO of Suzanne. So that was my my first CEO role. And but Georgina, what really happened there, and I think the message I want to share with all of your listeners and and your women is that for me, it was the greatest lesson in Mm -hmm. self-care. It was really uh, it it was it was this this lesson of, um, you know, I needed to make change in my life. And so I did things like I got myself a life coach. I had to learn to set boundaries. I had to learn to say no. Um, I had to find a life with balance because I was a workaholic. So I implemented in my life what I now call a life imbalance. I don't like the term work-life balance. I never have. I think we don't put life into one box and work into another. It's about how we live this life. And so I talk in my book about the 80-20 rule and 80% of my life has to be in balance and 20% can be a bit chaotic and I like that as well because I like a bit of chaos and you know that kind of can bring resilience and new thinking and new ideas and excitement but when my life gets out of that 80-20 balance I know there's something wrong and so if any of your listeners are now feeling that that wobble and that their life's not in balance I encourage them to think about you know what what would be their happy place? Mine's 80-20. That's not for everyone. Everyone has their own sort of, you know, life imbalance that they want to live. 
But if it is an imbalance, what do they need to add, delete or change to get that life in balance? Um, And that's really important. And again, in my book, it talks about that. But self-care is something that's really, really important. And, you know, most women don't do it. You know, we we often think that it's either being selfish or, you know, we don't want to put ourselves first. Um, But self-care is really, really, really super important. We have to be great to ourselves to be good to anyone else. Mm. I'm curious to know how you change that mindset because I think, I mean, through my own experiences and discussing with my friends, you know, a lot of young women are in that stage of their lives where it really does feel make or break. We're really forging our career pathways. We're really trying to make a name for ourselves. And what comes with that is a lot of overtime. It's a lot of like just head down, butt up, working extremely hard, along with trying to balance the fact that you want to keep friends, you want to keep a relationship if you have a relationship or trying to find a relationship. I mean, you kind of end up up doing it all as as you would know I feel like women we just we're such amazing human beings the way that we yeah. function and get everything done at the end of the day but I think it can be really hard to be like how the hell am I meant to fit any of it or any more of it in and and think about myself what was that mindset that you or what kind of things did you do to really take yourself out of that picture of chaos and to look back and kind of the eyes within and like look at it with that fresh perspective and go this is not working and I need to do something about that because I think I find it really hard to get out of that headspace and and see other options when I'm just you know on the grind yeah absolutely it's a it's a really great question and um, I think for me because I did hit burnout in 2007 I didn't have an option and Mm. what I want is I don't want women to get to that point of burnout before they make changes in their lives because burnout isn't just I'm in bed and I can't get up anymore or I'm exhausted and I just don't want to go to work. Burnout comes in lots of ways. It comes, you can just, you can have constant headache. You can have constant fatigue. You can be just really grumpy all the time. You can, you know, there's all these things that um, are on this train to burnout. And so for me, I had to hit that place and then make changes. So I really want women to see some of those signs along the way and then start to build in some self-care. Start to be kind to yourself. Start to pat yourself on on your back when you have some wins. Um, You know, make those changes. Put some time into yourself. You know, I talk in my book about um, 45 to thrive. And, you know, I used to feel guilty just going for a walk in the morning because I thought, well, I could be doing a load of washing right now. Mm. And so I've got this thing in my book which talks about 45 to thrive. And I encourage every single woman to find 45 minutes in their day for themselves. Mm. And some people will say to me, Cole, I don't have time. And I'm going to say, stop making excuses, okay? Because you do have time. We have a lot of hours in our day that we need to fill. And I promise you, if you take 45 of those minutes every day to fuel your soul and and fill your tank up, you will be a much better human being. You will be much more productive. You'll have so much more energy. Um, You know, when it's important to us, we make time. If being healthy is important, we make time. If going to your kids' concerts important, you'll make time. If Self-care is important. You'll make time. So I really want women to give themselves a bit of a break. Be kind to yourself and give yourself some time because no one's going to tell you to slow down. No one's going to tell you to jump off that, you know, mouse wheel and, you know, go and have a break. That's not how it works. We have to take care of ourselves. Mm, I think that's a really good lesson to learn. Um, Colleen, you've, I mean, your list of accomplishments is is quite incredible. And so I'm really 
interested to know, what do you think has been the most important lesson that you've learned so far in your journey? Yeah, so many lessons. I wish I could write them all down. So (laughs) many, so many lessons over the years. I think one of the ones, Georgina, for me is that um, the biggest lesson and one I want to share with, you know, particularly organisations and leaders is that kindness is courageous. Okay. I used to think in my early days that you had to be, you know, tough and, and my father, that was sort of, you know, his upbringing. So you had to be tough and, you know, solid and, you know, it wasn't about, you know, this era of kindness that I want us to live in. So for me, the lesson and, and the thing I want to share with people is that kindness is courageous. You know, we have this old style of leadership, which is about status and title and power and dictatorship and, you know, having people do what we say because they're the boss. And Mm -hmm. the new style of leadership for me and the one that I've been living in for a very long time um, is kindness and compassion and authenticity and collaboration and trust and humility. Um, And I believe that kindness is going to be the new superpower for leaders. And when I talk about that, I want to clarify because some people think, oh, kindness, that's all a bit fluffy. Kindness doesn't mean that people can fly under the radar. Kindness Mm. doesn't mean that people don't have to be accountable. Kindness doesn't mean that we accept underperformance or we don't have boundaries and rules. Of course, all of those things are part of running successful businesses and part of being a great leader. But for me, kindness is about, you know, setting clear expectations, giving honest feedback, encouraging growth, you know, building real human connection. Um, You know, kindness is also pushing people beyond where they think they can go, pushing them outside of their comfort zone. And kindness is about treating people like treating people like people. You know, um, a lot of people associate kindness with weakness. I associate kindness with courage. They're very, very different. No, I think that's a really nice interpretation of it because I think, I mean, when you look at leadership and and I'm going to use an example of the CEO, for instance, like I think it can be, you can really box people into CEO power and that's all you see them as. But I think if they adopt a really that, like you're saying, the method of kindness, that people will start to see them more as a human and less as a CEO. And like you said, that doesn't mean that things don't go flying under the radar, but you have Mm. that more humanistic approach to things. And and Mm. I I can understand how in a workplace that will help, I guess, employees thrive and then engage better and have more deeper connections and and to work harder and and to do that a very different approach to the ones that sometimes I have dealt with in my past experience but I could see how that could really offer some really good uh, workplace culture. Um, I promise you it works. I'm living proof. I've been doing it for 13 years in my CEO world and it works so I really hope people embrace that new style of leadership. Yeah, I love that. We have some listener questions for you today, Colleen. I put it Great. out. Um, yeah, I put it out to the the WOW listeners and they came back with some really good ones. Um, Elle wants to know, what does success mean to you and how do you know if you've been successful? Oh, great question, Elle. I love that one. Um, Often when I get asked that question, I will turn that question back and ask you, what does success mean to you? Because the thing with success, Georgina, is it means something different to everyone. So for some people, success is about money. For some people, it's about freedom. For some people, it's about power um, or a whole range of other things. And for me, success is really about leaving this planet better than I found it. And when I talk about that, I mean in terms of the impact I can make on other people. 
and I want to, you know, change the rules. I want to empower women. I want to live with real confidence. I want them to live with real confidence. And I want more women to have a seat at the table when I leave this planet. And if I can do that, to me, that's going to be success. Um, I also talk about success as, you know, for me, success starts in the home. You know, that's my world. And, you know, I've got three beautiful humans that I've brought into this world. So for me, uh, you know, watching them grow and, and instilling strong values and, and watching them be great humans and watching them make positive impact on other people's lives for me is also success. So, you know, success comes in all shapes and sizes and it's what it means to you, I think is really important. And I would encourage everyone to think about what that means to them. Mm. Olivia would like to know, what are your best tips for building self-confidence? Oh, okay. This is one of my favorite topics of all time. In fact, Georgian, we could do a whole podcast just <laughs> on confidence. Okay. We might save that for another time. But, um, you know, the first thing I would say, you know, to Olivia and your listeners is that confidence starts internally. It starts with self. Okay. I, I don't want to, uh, I don't want anyone to look anywhere else to find confidence other than in themselves and within themselves, because, you know, there are so many different ways we can build confidence. You know, some of them are, are small changes that we need to make to our mindset and some of them are other big changes and, you know, things that take a lot longer where we need to create new habits. Um, I'm going to give you one tip. Um, I think there's about five or six in my book, but I want to give you one. And the one I want to give to your listeners today is change your story, change your life. And I'll come back to that at the end. But, you know, we have this inner voice in our heads. We have this inner critic. um, And that inner critic is really judgmental, okay? And it says things to us like, you're not good enough. You're going to fail. You're underprepared. You should feel guilty. You don't fit in. You're too fat. You're too thin. You're too old. You're too, too young. You know, you need more skills, whatever that might be. But we have these stories that we're telling ourselves or, or our inner critic is telling us that really leave us stuck and often deflated. And sometimes they can even sabotage our success. So, and I've got to say, we all have one. Every single one of us has this inner critic. And so what I want people to do and women to do, because it, it, women suffer much more from this inner critic that talks to us um, than men do, but I, I really want to encourage women to interrupt that inner critic and, and interrupt that story from self-sabotage and start taking control and start creating a more empowering story and one that leaves you feeling confident um, and content and one that really allows you to take action. So, you know, the next time you have that inner critic come in, um, I want to encourage you to do three things. And, and again, I've put these in my book, but the first thing is ask yourself, what is the story you're telling yourself? Mm. When you hear that inner critic come in and start talking to you, what is that story? Like recognize that story that's coming into your head. And then I want you to ask yourself, step two is, is it true? And often it's not true. Often it's the story we're making up or the story we're creating. Okay? And then the third step is to really reframe that story, to change the story and to take action. If we change our story, we change our life. And I'll give you a little example of that. I've got um, one of the ladies that I'm mentoring and I never mention people. I talk about scenarios because it helps me share and how other women can, you know, maybe relate or not relate. But, you know, I had one gorgeous, amazing lady who I was mentoring and a promotion for her came up at work and um, or a promotion came up and and I said, well, are you going to apply? And she said, "Mm, no, I'm not. And I said, why not? 
She said, because I've only got eight of the 10 skills that they need for the promotion mm. that I need, okay? And most of the time men would go, I've got six and I'm going to apply. We want to be perfect. We want to tick 10 out of 10 boxes. Mm. So this is I something that if, like so many women come across yeah. or, or face like is that, that you hear it in so many scenarios. Yeah, I have a thousand examples of these and I work with women on changing that story. So I said to mm. her, is it true? And, and, and so we changed the story to say, yeah, it is true. I've only got eight out of 10, but wow, I've got some other great stuff I can bring to the table. And those other two skills, I can learn those on the job. They're easy. So mm. we reframed the story. We changed the story. Instead of saying, I'm not worthy, I've only got eight out of 10. The story was, I'm capable, I'm worthy, and I'm going to go for this new opportunity. So mm. we change the story, we change our lives. And did she get the job? She did. Oh, that's and in even fact, better. <laughs> can I tell you something really interesting about that? She was up against someone else and the other person had some other skills, as I said. What shone through with her skills, and we'd done a lot of work together on this, um, was her leadership. Mm. So he actually had more technical skills than her, um, no, no question. It was a digital, digital, senior digital marketing role. Definitely had more skill set. But what she had was her leadership, and that's what shone through in her inter in her multiple interviews that she had. So, you know, we can learn skills. Um, leadership something we have to develop over time. Mm, absolutely. Uh, lastly, the last listener question is from Rhiannon, and she would like mm -hmm. to know, Colleen, if you have faced any sexism um, as you've climbed your way to becoming CEO and such a powerful businesswoman in your own right, and if so, how did you go mm -hmm. about handling that? It's a fabulous question and I feel extremely fortunate that I haven't had, uh, you know, haven't faced any sort of, um, you know, scenarios like that. I know people that have, mm. um, but I've been very fortunate, I think, that I've worked in a very female orientated, you know, business, particularly for the last 20 years. And, you know, I've made it, as I said, my mission to empower and inspire people and to create a place where people get up and want to come to work every day. And, um, you know, I've been lucky to be at the helm for the last 13 years as CEO to be able to create the, create the environment and the culture that I wanted to work in, that I wanted to be in. So I feel very fortunate that I haven't, but I certainly know that there um, is a lot of it out there. And, you know, we have to stamp that out. It shouldn't be there. I think it's just fantastic and it's such a testament to obviously the workplaces that um, you've been working in in your career to know that there that isn't always something that women have to face. There are really good stories that, you know, women don't have to be like have to deal with the burden of sexism and that there are yeah. some fantastic workplace environments that do let women thrive and, and don't hold women back um, with with such horrible <laughs> um yeah. things yeah. so that's fantastic to know uh yeah. moving on I'm wondering I'm really curious about how you'll go about answering this because I find that many of us it's so easy to fall into that people pleasing mindset and I think especially yeah. working and defining yourself as a businesswoman and working up the career ladder that people pleasing can almost be this mode that you fall into in the workplace mm -hmm. and it can be a really great thing about a really really fantastic characteristic about you but it can also really work against you how do you mm -hmm. recommend navigating this area if you're someone that really falls into that 
Yeah. Again, you know, women, we are people pleasers. You know, that is that is who we are. And I've got to say, you know, during my childhood, I learned to become an expert at being a people pleaser. I wanted to please my dad. I wanted to please my boss. I wanted to please any person I came in contact with. And what I learned later in life is that, you know, this often works out for the other person. It doesn't work out so well for you, particularly when you hit burnout. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, as I said, people pleasing is, is very, um, you know, common in women. And, you know, um, we, we put others before self. You know, we have this habit of saying yes. Um, and it becomes a bit like an addiction. You know, it makes us feel needed. And when we feel needed, we feel important. And when we feel important, we feel validated. And, you know, whether that be from a boss or a colleague or a parent or whoever it might be. And, you know, as people pleasers, we often seek disapproval from others. And I want women to stop seeking approval from others. The only person you need to seek approval from is yourself. The only person that needs to validate you is yourself. You are always going to be enough, you know. And so to your question about how you navigate away from that, um, and this is not specific to just work or home or this is life in general, you know, um, we need to set boundaries. We need to learn to say no. We need to know our values because when we make decisions in line with our values, they're always going to be right. You know, mm-hmm. um, our values are what's most important to us. I do a lot of work on my mentoring program on values with women and even senior people, because a lot of the time we don't have those values and they are the foundations of who we are. Um, you know, we need to have an out of office time. We need to know when to turn off, you know, and particularly now we're all working from home and people have been working from home. So, you know, we need to have a, an off time um, and we need to prioritise and communicate our workload. You know, someone said to me last week, my boss just keeps piling more and more and more and more onto me. And I said, well, have you told them that you've already got a lot on your plate and if they want to part, put some more on, that's cool, no problem, but we need to prioritise what's really important here because some things are going to have to go to the back burner. So we mm-hmm. need to be able to communicate. And what we do instead is we just keep taking more and more and more and more on. So I really encourage women to say, no, I need to actually tell you where I'm at with my workload. So, yeah, lots of tips again in my book that will help you. Mm, I think this leads quite perfectly on to um, a question around confidence. I know we touched on uh, it already with Olivia's question, but I think uh, from what you're saying, like just touching on it, sounds like a lot of it is standing up for yourself and and backing you know your thoughts and feelings and knowing that what you are have to say is right and you have you know you should be able to say what you're feeling um but I think with that does come a level of confidence uh and especially when you're working I guess do you think that business confidence and leadership confidence comes from self-confidence or do you think that they can be separate things like how how do you define confidence and when you have that imposter syndrome trying to bring you down how do you steer the other way yeah it's a really good one they're quite intertwined you know confidence um you know intertwines into our lives into our communities into our business into our leadership um I I, I want to start by sharing a couple of things. I want to start by sharing three myths around confidence, and this does intertwine to everything. And the first myth is that you're born with it. It's not true, okay? No one is born with confidence. Confidence is a skill, not a trait. Confidence I talk about like a muscle. The more Mm. you use it, the stronger it gets, okay? So that's myth one. Myth two is that people think you have to be extroverted to be confident. Again, not true. Extroverted people are just louder than we are. Okay, Um, being introverted or extroverted 
has nothing to do with confidence. It's what energizes and what drains us. Okay, so it's a myth. And myth number three is that you either have it or you don't. Again, not true. Confidence is situational. We think about when good things happen, we feel confident. And when bad things happen, we start to lose our confidence. Mm. So I talk about confidence is the ability to turn your thoughts into actions. Confidence is the decision to try. And I want to give you an example of that. If you think about when you first try something, we're anxious or nervous or scared, and that's normal, okay? But there's two things that are going to happen. There's only one of two things that are going to happen. You'll succeed or you'll fail. But I promise you, you'll survive. Unless you're running off a cliff without a parachute, you're going to survive, okay? Which we when don't we recommend fail, we, you do. <laughs> which we don't recommend. All right, you know, don't recommend any of that, okay? But, you know, when we fail, we learn. And when we learn, we're building skills. So think about the first time you rode a bike. Think about the first picture you took or the first blog you wrote. For you, Jordan, think about the first podcast you did. You oh, know, I was uh, awfully worried about I, it. You would <laughs> but have been it was fine once I did it. Yeah. Exactly, because you it's there. You've got the confidence. But you know, we just need to keep working on it like that muscle. So, you know, when we when we're building skills, we're gaining competency. And when we gain competency, we're building confidence. And so it's really, really key. No difference whether you're in the workplace or leadership or anywhere. It's the decision and willingness to try. So to all of you women, go for it. Have a go. You know, don't hold back. Put yourself out there. What's the worst thing that can happen? It doesn't work out. You fail. It's okay. You've learned. You're building skills. You're building competency and you're building confidence. Mm. Just try. I think that leads back really nicely into what you were saying earlier in the episode about patting yourself on the back and rewarding yourself. Because yeah. I think mm-hmm. that's something that with confidence, we often, we often like put it in the back or just don't recognize it. Like every time that you do yeah. something that really took a lot of confidence within you to do, we need to acknowledge that and pat yourself on the back and recognize that that muscle of confidence is growing within you. Cause I think that's how we keep building and stepping up to the next level and really backing ourselves. Absolutely. And even the little things, you know, give mm. yourself a pat on the back. If you cook a great dinner, say to yourself, well done. You know, if you have a great hair day, say awesome. I look great today. You know, it doesn't have to be the big things. Just build that confidence. The more we we talk to ourselves like our best friend and the more we acknowledge ourselves, the more confidence we build in ourselves as well. So be kind to yourself. Talk to yourself like your best friend. Mm. We're going to switch lanes quickly because obviously uh, mm. uh, another thing that you've touched on a bit in today's episode has been leadership and, you mm. know, how a good leader or becoming a good leader can really change your position in life and change the way others perceive you and respect you, um, especially like you mentioned in that um, scenario of your um, mentee gaining the position that she went for. Mm. So I would really love to know, Colleen, from your experience, what defines a good leader? It's a great question and one I get asked a lot. And, you know, if you Google leadership or what makes a great leader, you'll get as many definitions as mm. there are leaders, okay? Absolutely. There are so many. <laughs> um, you know, for me, I, I find that, you know, leadership is about taking care of people so that they can thrive and shine and be at their natural best. And, you know, it's about encouraging others to do great things. It's not necessarily you taking the credit for the great things. It's encouraging others to do that. You know, it's about inspiring and empowering. Um, it's about showing empathy and compassion and definitely courage in the way we lead. Um, I also think great leadership is really the ability to translate a vision into reality. 
You know, mm-hmm. I talk about um, you can have the best vision in the world um, and you can communicate it in the best way possible. But if you're not a leader, someone wants to follow, your vision isn't important. People mm-hmm. follow a leader first and a vision second. And I want more leaders to get that, you know, get that in their head is that people follow them. The vision's secondary. So, you know, having a great leader is just critical. I talk about it as influence, not authority. You know, I've always been a, 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 a leader of influence. I have three words, actually, influence, inspire and impact. They're the three words that I think about every day of my life and have I done those things. Mm. Um, you know, leadership's about staying true to your values. And as I said, leadership is about being someone people choose to follow. And that's what I've always tried to do is being a leader. People say, I really want to follow Cole because I believe in her. I believe she's going to be there to support me. I believe she's going to pick me up when I fall over. She's going to allow me to take risks. All of those things. You know, as I said, leadership's not easy. It's damn hard work, but Mm. it's worth it. Mm. I really like that. You. It really sounds like being a good leader can is really about creating a safe space for others to, to challenge yeah. themselves to, to, and maybe fail, but maybe to succeed, but to, yeah. to be able to create that safe space for them to do that in. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting. I, 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 talk, I, I talk a lot about safe space. People want to feel safe. They want to feel protected. They want to feel that someone cares about them. You know, um, you know, people, when, when you do that, when you allow people to live in an environment like that, Can I tell you, people do amazing things. Mm -hmm. They go beyond your expectation and they, in fact, often go beyond their expectation. Yeah, it's quite amazing and beautiful to see. Yeah. How lucky of you to have witnessed that in your experience to to see how your leadership has helped other people thrive. I could, I feel like that would be such a rewarding, rewarding feeling to to witness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's been amazing. I've had the most amazing you know, 20-year or 30-year career in retail. Um, But, you know, the last 20, I've had the most amazing, spectacular, fabulous women um, that I've worked with. And, you know, as I said, now in this next chapter in my life, I'm doing exactly the same thing. And I've got all of these amazing, spectacular women that I'm working with. And, you know, I believe that we're all stronger together and collectively we can make change. Mm, how wonderful. Um, Colleen, could you recommend your three best tips for running a successful business? This is a little bit different to what we've touched on with leadership and confidence today, but I really, you've, you've done so well in your career and I would hate to leave this interview without knowing some real good business tips from you. So do you have your top three that you could share with us? Yeah, sure, sure. The first one I would say is that you have to know your brand purpose. And I'm sure you've talked a lot about purpose with lots of your listeners over time, but you have to know why you exist as a brand or a business. And I talk about today, it's not good enough just to sell stuff to people. You know, Mm. we need to know not just, you know, what we do, but why we do it. And, you know, and we also need to know why that differentiates us from our competitors. So really understand your brand purpose, really understand your DNA, really understand what makes your your business or brand tick and really stay true to that all the time. If you don't have a brand purpose or don't know it, you need to find it um, Mm. because that's why people connect with you because you go beyond just selling them something. You have a real connection with them. 
You know, I think of brands like Sports Girl. I think of brands like Nike. I think of brands like Dove. You know, those brands all have a true connection to people. They don't just mm. sell stuff. They have this connection. So, so brand purpose is one. And the second one I would say is surround yourself with great talent. You're not good at everything as a leader. And you don't want to be, okay? You'll be exhausted if you try and be good at everything. So, you know, my philosophy has always been as a leader is to surround myself with great people and let them be experts in their field, okay? Um, you know, it, it's really important. A leader doesn't have to have all the answers. They don't have to be the smartest person in the room. They don't have to solve every problem. And in fact, I will always say to someone when they come to me with a problem, what do you think? Um, you know, I sang to someone yesterday, I was mentoring them. They said, you know, so I, I give you an example, you know, someone came to me and said, you know, we've got a shipment problem and our product's not going to get here and I need you right away. And, you know, I'm in a meeting and I'm like, okay, so in the next 20 minutes, we're not going to be able to solve the problem. So I, what I want you to do is go away, have a chat to the team and I'll come and see you in an hour. And by then you would have come up with three solutions for your problem mm. and we can talk them through. So allow people to be the experts, allow people to solve problems, you know, surround yourself with this fabulous talent and watch them blossom. Um, would be the second one. And the third one, which I kind of touched on, is have a clear vision. You know, people want to know where they're going. People are not going to get on your bus if they don't know the direction it's going. They want to be part of something that is bigger than just the seat they sit in. Um, you know, I would always say that when I was a CEO, is I don't want people just to come and, you know, tap away at their computer. I want them to feel part of the big picture. I want them to know why we do what we do and why should anyone care. And so really have a clear vision and get every single person on that vision bus with you. It's really, really critical. Mm, they're fantastic tips. Um, oh, gosh, we're, we're coming to the end of the, the podcast, but I feel like I could keep talking to you for, <laughs> for so long, Colleen. Do you have a motto or quote you could recommend when it comes to business and leadership? Mm, I do, and I use this for years. It hasn't changed. Um, and I, it was around this whole leadership thing. And, you know, I was many years ago working out what sort of leader I wanted to be. And, you know, I was becoming this uh, leader by design, which is, as I said, the, the title of my book, I was becoming the leader I wanted to be and the leader I wanted to follow. And I was looking up all these definitions of leadership and I didn't really like many of them. So I came up with my own. And my, my definition of leadership is one life impacting another in a positive way. Mm. That's it. It starts there and it ends there. If you are impacting someone in a positive way, you're a leader and you don't need a title. You don't need to be a CEO. Um, I spoke to a, a group of young girls and I said, you know, if you get up and you're supporting someone through a tough time or you go and check on someone because you thought they weren't quite right yesterday and there was something bothering them or if you create teamwork or if you create harmony, you're a leader. You mm. don't need to be the head of school. You don't need to be the captain of your netball team. You can be a leader with every action, interaction, decision, discussion, connection you have with another human being. So leadership is one life impacting another in a positive way. Yeah, that's so powerful. I really like that one. Lastly, Colleen, we would love to know how we can follow you and how we can get our hands on your book. Yay. Well, you've got yours in the mail. I sent yes. it to you yesterday. I was actually hoping it would get to you. Maybe I said it the day before. I was hoping it would get to you for today, but I cannot sorry, wait it to read it. I'm sure it'll get to you on Monday. Um, but you can follow me on Instagram, probably the, the place to you know see what's going on, which is just Colleen underscore calendar. Um, or you can go to my website um, and that's www.colleencalendar.com.au. Um, you can buy my book there. Um, you can sign up to my mentor programs there. Um, 
my book is um uh, so i have my books now i've actually got one here there it is looks so good um so my book you can get my book right now on my website um or it will be available on booktopia amazon dimix and all great bookstores from the first of may so if you don't get one on my website i'm sure you'll pop past somewhere and see it in the near future so um, i hope it empowers and inspires you as i want it to do and um, if i can add a little bit to you living you know your best life and living it with real confidence then i've done my job Mm, that's fantastic i will pop all of those links to colleen's instagram her website and to purchase her book in the show notes below so please do go check them out otherwise colleen i really cannot thank you enough for jumping on and sharing all your incredible wisdom with us today you are just unreal really what a woman and i cannot wait to get my hands on this book and to dive straight into it so thank you very much Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me on. And as I said, Georgina, thank you so much for what you're doing because, you know, we're both talking about the same thing. We're just doing it in different kind of ways. We're all here to, you know, help people live, as we said, the best life and really empower women. So mm-hmm. well done to you. Keep doing the great work you're doing as well. so much for listening to today's episode of the wow i do hope you enjoyed it i release new episodes every tuesday so make sure you hit that subscribe button if you're on apple podcasts or follow on spotify to tune in next week otherwise have a scroll back through and maybe some of my past interviews will tickle your fancy Otherwise, check us out on Instagram at thewowpodcast underscore for more updates. Lastly, before I leave you, just a friendly reminder that the information shared in this podcast is general advice only and does not take into account your personal situation or needs. Where appropriate, please consult a professional first. Thanks, everyone. Have a good week. And I'm on the road,